Trans-Canada's pipeline would cross thousands of parcels of private land. So the company has sent agents to win permission from landowners. One land agent in rural Nebraska has attracted controversy because Myron Stafford is also a part-time Baptist preacher. And some folks aren't sure about a preacher proselytizing for a pipeline. Living on Earth's Bobby Bascom got one of them on the phone. My name is Terry Van Housen, and I'm a farmer from Nebraska. My main um, operation is feeding cattle. I feed 10,000 head. I've uh, been farming for 45 years. Can you tell me about your experience with Myron Stafford? I understand he came out there to um, to talk to you about Keystone. Myron uh, called me one day and wanted to set up a meeting about running a uh, pipeline across my land. So I met with him. We went back into the break room so it wasn't so noisy. So we started talking about what they wanted to do to my land. We started talking about that. Then the the conversation kind of got switched into, he said that he was a Baptist preacher for three and a half years up at Polk, a little town five miles from my uh, office. Then he got to going on that he married some people up there, and he buried some of my friends, and uh, he thought that, you know, God's standing there because of uh, it's such a nice area. And to me, I felt like that he was just trying to gain my trust to get me to sign the agreement through TransCanada to bury that pipeline across my land. So right then and there, that kind of threw a red flag up for me. So he came to you as an employee of Keystone, but he's also a preacher in the local church. What did you think of his two roles? I thought it was a little odd that he was bringing so much of uh, God into our business, because in the conversation, he said that he would never bring work into a house of God, but he sure brought God into my house of work. How did you resolve that conversation with him? When the end of the first meeting, you know, I had six questions for him uh, that he could not answer. So he answered them the second meeting, plus I told him on the first meeting that you should be able to freshen this price up a little bit. You know, a lifetime easement for Keystone XL and only one-time payment for me. So uh, the second meeting come around. He answered the six questions. He sweetened up the pot a little bit. There was a little more money added, and I left it with him that I will think about it, and uh, then we'll talk about it again. And he reminded me that after the 22nd that his offer goes off the board. In other words, you better make up your mind, get on board, else you're not. You're going to end up with nothing. That didn't really trick my trigger either. Can I ask you, how, how sweet was that pot? Yeah, he started, it's a 50-foot swath through my field, 6-foot deep, and for a lifetime easement, it was like $27,000. And he sweetened it up to $30,000. You know, I got to thinking about that. I said, they're going to make millions of dollars. There's over $50 million worth of uh, crude oil going through that every day, and he's offering me a measly $30,000 for a lifetime easement. You know, I, I, I don't want it anyway. I don't know if he freshens it up a lot more. I still don't want it because I found all the all the danger of that pipeline, what it could do to our nice, clean water. Before you met Mr. Stafford, did you have any opinions about the Keystone Pipeline? How familiar were you with it? 
I was very not familiar. And then Valentine's Day, me and some friends were going out, and uh, one of my friends, she was talking about the pipeline. And I said, yeah, that's going across my land. And she says, oh, gosh, haven't you heard the whole story about that? And I said, no. And I thought maybe it was a good thing. And she said, oh, no, you should be talking to some people and doing some research. So that's when I got on top of things. And I couldn't find anything good about it. It's all bad. Do you have any sense of um, the feelings of your neighbors and your friends? What do, what do they think of this? Their concerns are, you know, our nice clean water. What happens if there's a break in the pipe? The Okalala Aquifer is right underneath of us. It's the cleanest water in the world. And we're like on top of an ocean of it. And if that crude gets down into our water system, it could ruin their drinking water, their bathing water, my water for irrigation to raise the corn, plus my cattle wouldn't, wouldn't be able to drink that water. It's toxic. It would put me out of business. That's Farmer Terry Van Housen speaking with Living Honors' Bobby Bascom.